Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Aurora are beautiful, but there's a lot of complicated forces at play in creating them. Now when it comes to the sun, we can see a lot of amazing things thanks to its light and its heat that it provides on Earth. But it also creates a spectacular show. All those high energy particles of the solar wind bombard against magnetospheres in our atmosphere. And on planet Earth and in other places across the solar system, we have these amazing aurora occurring. We find out more about aurora across the solar system. Now a magnetosphere is a really, really important thing for a planet. It keeps a planet safe from all kinds of stellar, from a sun, or interstellar objects bombarding solar wind particles or other high energy particles and keeping them away from the planet. That has a lot of effects aside from decreasing the amount of stellar and interstellar radiation that rain down on us. It also helps smooth out and contain a bunch of things inside the atmosphere as well. So the magnetosphere's role is really important from protecting a planet from the solar wind. It can help trap and keep an atmosphere in place. If you're on a planet that doesn't have an internal molten iron core or a dynamo that creates a magnetosphere, like, say, Mars, well, then your atmosphere is liable to be whipped away by that stellar wind because it doesn't have that magnetosphere deflecting away that stellar wind. Now, Earth's magnetosphere is pretty small and around Earth, but in terms of our solar system, there's, aside from the Sun's magnetosphere, which helps smooth and keep away interstellar, wind, we also have a pretty big object, and that is Jupiter. Now, Jupiter is pretty special in our solar system because it acts like a shepherd, keeping unruly objects and planets away from the inner ring where we are here on Earth. So in many ways, Earth is protected by Jupiter, this gravitational field, but its magnetosphere does something similar. And that's pretty fascinating because on Earth, we can study and understand the way in which our magnetosphere works here on Earth by what we can see. And sometimes that's really beautiful to see through aurora. But on Jupiter, it's just so much larger in every possible way, which means, of course, that its magnetosphere is much, much larger. So any understanding that we have of the way a magnetosphere works, well, that tends to be a little bit Earth-biased because that's what we can study and see. Something as big as Jupiter, well, that's a whole other kettle of fish. So a couple of important things to note about Jupiter's magnetic field. It's around 20,000 times stronger than Earth's, and it creates a magnetosphere so large, it actually begins to influence the stellar wind around it around two to four million miles before it even gets close to Jupiter. So that's a huge sweep and area of effect. A lot of this is also compounded by the fact that Jupiter's a really, really fastly rotating planet. It spins for the complete rotation in around 10 hours. Now, what that means for a magnetosphere is that the magnetosphere as well is also very, very dynamic. The motion of all these charged particles inside the magnetosphere is actually spinning around as well as part of Jupiter's rotation. So that means that Jupiter is spinning really fast and has a really, really strong and wide magnetosphere. The end result of this is something that is pretty powerful and strange, nothing unlike what we have here on Earth. And this means there's all kinds of unusual effects that scientists try to dig into and understand. With missions like the NASA's Juno mission, because there are all kinds of complicated and strange aurora, 
especially in different locations that we wouldn't otherwise expect Aurora to be found, or at least when you compare them here on Earth. And that is what caused scientists to have a lot of puzzling results. Researchers like Binjing Zhang and Peter Delamere, researchers from University of Alaska Fairbanks, have been poring over a lot of this data coming back from Jupiter and trying to find ways to make the Juno mission's results make sense. And a lot of them tend to do with where you can find Aurora. Often find them along closed field lines. So remembering that the planet Earth and other objects in the universe have large magnetospheres, we'll have two magnetic poles, a north and south pole, which have to line up with our geographic one-ish, but not quite exactly. But these north and south poles of the magnetic field are important because that's where the magnetic field lines emanate from and terminate at. So if you imagine these big long lines, these are really important. But sometimes you have some of these closed field lines, particularly in around this area known as the Aura Oval. It's in the high latitudes in, this, in a sort of ring in that area, but not at the actual tip, not at the end of Earth's magnetic axis. These closed field lines are really important because it's along these little rings, these closed loops, where you actually end up with auroras. So in this region, the high latitude regions, this auroral ring, then you will see aurora occurring. All the dazzling display of the stellar wind bouncing off our magnetosphere. And you can see it because basically that energy is traveling along the magnetosphere and terminating. That's what you're seeing. That's why you see aurora there and not, say, in Singapore, say, at the equator. Now, that happens in this oral ring, this band, but it's actually not a complete covering of that region. If you look actually in detail, you'll find there's a gap, a hole in the middle, and a bit like a donut. So this ring is actually, it is a ring, but it's more like a donut shape, and that hole in the center lines up with the center of the magnetic field. It's an empty spot, and it's referred to as the polar cap. It's a place where a whole bunch of magnetic lines, field lines, stream out, but they're unconnected, they're open-ended. And like in electricity, because it's very similar, it's basically what's happening here, it's an unconnected circuit. And you don't really get aurora along there because there's nowhere for the aurora to travel along and go to. Without a completed circuit, a path back home for those magnetic field lines, there's no way for the energy to dissipate. So they don't interact with these open lines anywhere near as much, and we don't have aurora. So that makes sense. It's very intuitive. There's a gap with all these open-ended bits. So of course, you can't get aurora in that region. And that makes sense. Problem is, researchers like Fran Beganel, University of Colorado, and Delamere, all the way back in 2010, actually found that on Jupiter, you'll see that its polar cap has both closed magnetic field lines and open magnetic field lines. And this is confusing because on Jupiter, you can see aurora even in the polar cap. That's really puzzling because it doesn't line up with anything we have here on Earth or any result that makes sense here on Earth. So by sending the Juno mission all the way to Jupiter, it gave researchers really detailed images of the polar cap and actually also even of the aurora. Now, yes, you could take pictures of the aurora with instruments like Hubble Space Telescope, but it wasn't detailed enough. So Juno provided that extra level of information. Now, you can get photos that prove that aurora happening at the polar cap, but that doesn't give you an understanding of why that is the case. 
So researchers like Taylor and others started to build that into really complicated models. So since Jupiter has this mixture of open and closed lines on its polar cap, they're not distributed evenly or, or mixed all the way through. What you have is a large closed polar region and a big crescent shape. And then there's a small crescent region of open-ended bits where there's no closed connection. And that open-ended region is only around 9% of that total polar cap regions. So there are open-ended magnetic field lines on Jupiter, but they're not that large by comparison to the rest of the region. And that means it has a mix of both open and closed loops, meaning that you actually end up with aurora around that polar cap, which we just flat out don't have on Earth. Now, why that is occurring is hard to say. It could be a result of Jupiter's incredibly fast rotation, around 10 hours, as we talked about earlier, and maybe just from the sheer size of its magnetosphere. Both of these reduce the impact of solar wind, meaning that the polar cap, the magnetic field lines, they don't get torn apart and become these open-ended loops. They can stay and form these closed networks more easily. On Earth's, because we rotate comparatively slower and our magnetosphere is smaller, we are more easily influenced and pushed around by stellar wind. And the result of that is we end up with more of these open loop chain. Now, that's very, very fascinating. Thing is, Jupiter isn't the only object with an interesting magnetic field around it. And its moons are so large and significant that they actually can have an influence on what happens on Jupiter's polar cap. This is a really good important question with planets like Io and Ganymede and how they're intrinsically linked to Jupiter's overall magnetosphere. But we'll leave this paper about modeling the way in which there's open-ended flux lines and how you can end up with aurora at the polar caps on Jupiter. A paper authored by Benjamin Zhang as lead author and Peter Delamere and others published in the journal Science Advances titled How Jupiter's Unusual Magnetosphere Topology and Structures Its Aurora. And it's way back from 2021. And we talked about that paper because it started to raise some questions about, about how Jupiter is influenced by its moons and how those moons can also interact and mess with its magnetic field, which we're about to find out in a new recently published paper. Now, when it comes to large objects in our solar system, Ganymede is way up there. Around the ninth largest in our solar system, it's almost the largest moon as well, and it's pretty spectacular in size, shape, and features. One of the things that makes Ganymede's orbit around Jupiter so interesting as well is that Ganymede has its own magnetosphere, much in the same way as Io and other moons of Jupiter because of their polar and tidal forces on the planets actually have a pretty active geology. And that active geology leads to, of course, molten iron core and the creation of a magnetosphere. But because it's so big and relatively far away from Jupiter, comparatively speaking, it moves at around 15 Jupiter radii, around 71,000 kilometers away. It has its own space in which to operate, which means that its magnetosphere doesn't just simply follow Jupiter, at least all the time. Now, its magnetosphere is a little bit different, and it's pretty interesting. It has 
a lot of closed field lines near its equator, but then some really large polar cap regions of open field lines. And that is where it can hook in to the Jupiter magnetosphere. Now, sending a space probe like Juno all the way out to Jupiter provided scientists with a great opportunity to peer at what happens when a planet tries to realign itself with its bigger and much more powerful neighbor. So what happens when two magnetic fields start to interact and align with themselves? Well, this process is known as magnetic reconnection. And there's a lot of energy involved. And anytime there's a large amount of stored magnetic energy getting converted, changed, or pushed around, it has to get converted somehow into another form. And normally it's vented out as kinetic energy and heat. So Ganymede's mini magnetosphere interacts with Jupiter's massive, huge magnetosphere at its boundary between the two regions. It's called the magnetopause. That's basically the edge of the, or the interface point between these two magnetic field regions. And all the high energy particles, electrons and ion particles that are traveling and trapped along those magnetic field lines that can somehow dance and give us aurora as we observe them here on Earth. Well, when they're on an interaction point like that around Jupiter, you get some pretty spectacular fireworks, to put it bluntly. And that's what researchers have published in the Geophysical Research Letters, based on data from the Juno mission. Observing these amazing aurora occur during a pretty strange magnetic realignment process. Now, the lead author on this paper was researcher Dr. Robert Ebert, from the Southwest Research Institute. And the team involved here were using a lot of the different missions and observatories on board the Juno mission. One of them is called the Jovian Auroral Distribution Experiment. And this is known as JADE. Now, what the JADE instrument on Juno is able to detect is huge amounts of movements of electrons, and especially those that are shooting along a magnetic field. We talked about earlier how the magnetic field lines being open or closed is really important for the path and the traveling of the electrons and other particles across them. And how we see this or observe this, one of the ways is at least, is as an aurora. And this is a pretty interesting thing, but it's a simple way of imagining it is this circuit being produced by these magnetic field lines and we're watching things bombard and travel along these circuits and the result of all this energy being given off is these aurora that we see. Now, what happens if one of those circuits got suddenly switched over? You were traveling on your loop and what you thought was Ganymede, but now you're connected to the Jupiter circuit. And that would cause an immense boost up in energy because, you well, it's like driving on a street and then getting on a 12-lane freeway. There's all of a sudden a massive increase in speed and particles and energy around you in the form of cars in that case. And that's what's happening to basically the magnetic fields of Ganymede as they realign and reconnect themselves through this process of alignment with Jupiter's magnetic magnetosphere. And what the result of that is, is huge amounts of electrons. And what the researchers were actually able to observe is this transition process, a whole bunch of magnetic field aligned electrons getting sped up and shot along this path. And when they watched this, they could see counter-streaming electrons observed on both sides of this magnetopause boundary. Now, this would only happen if the circuits, for want of a better word, or magnetic field lines are actually starting to join and connect. This is pretty big news because it means Ganymede's 
magnetospheres became less independent and more locked in or aligned to that of Jupiter. But the end result of that is some tremendous high energy particles being emitted. These are huge fluxes of magnetic energy being dissipated, as well as stuff in kinetic energy and heat. These supercharged particles being sped up and accelerated at immense energy levels, which is pretty scary in and of itself, scary and fascinating. The even better news is that, well, Juno is one mission observing all of this, but there's actually another mission on its way there. On the European Space Agency's Jupiter Icy Moons Explorer, otherwise known as JUICE, and NASA's Europa Clipper. Both of these are missions designated to head towards moons of Jupiter, but not specifically Ganymede, the other ones in particular, Europa. But they're actually going to have a lot of instruments that will give a lot more insight into exactly what is happening to Jupiter's magnetosphere and how it's gobbling up that of its neighbour, Ganymede, snapping it into position, and as a result, giving off huge amounts of fireworks in the process. So magnetic fields are pretty complicated. We can see them as amazing aurora and a bunch of other amazing sights and sounds. Or you can listen to it because it's energy being dissipated, radiation. So just like you can listen to the sounds of a whole planet like Jupiter, this would also make a lot of energy and a lot of noise. So it's pretty spectacular sights and sounds. But this is all going on in the tumultuous environment around Jupiter that we're studying now with the Juno mission, but we'll have more and more information on in the future. It's a great paper published in the Geophysical Research Letters with lead author Robert Ebert and a large list of collaborators from the Southwest Research Institute. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. Earth isn't the only planet with aurora, but they can occur across our solar system in pretty amazing ways and produce amazing sights and sounds thanks to our magnetosphere on Earth and on Jupiter. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.